Good morning and welcome to Ask BBB, the program that brings you information from and about businesses that you can trust. Ask BBB features business owners and managers who share their experience and insight so that consumers are better informed about products and services they are contracting or purchasing. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. Well, there's a scam currently active on Instagram that reaches out to people to become brand ambassadors. They end up losing money. And later on the program, we'll talk about how that scam works and what you need to be aware of. How loud is your radio turned up right now? Do other people complain that you have it too loud? Do you find that others mumble? Well, later on the program, we'll talk to audiologist David Finscraft of Elgin Audiology to learn the signs of hearing loss and the hearing aids available to help out. When parents are at work, their children spend as much as six to eight hours a day in daycare. So choosing a daycare center is a very important family decision. And we are joined now by Tamara Blaney, Executive Director of Chelsea Green Children's Center. Welcome to Ask BBB, Tamara. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Tamara, we want to provide parents with some information about daycare and suggest some questions that they should be asking and things that they should be aware of. Chelsea Green Children's Center is a fully licensed daycare center. Are there different standards for licensed and unlicensed daycares? There have been new regulations placed on unlicensed care in recent years. However, the standards and requirements are definitely quite different. All center-based care must be licensed in Ontario, and home child cares may be licensed or unlicensed. Chelsea Green is a licensed center, licensed through the Ministry of Education, and as such, we must follow all the regulations and guidelines of the Child Care and Early Years Act. Licensed child care centers also follow the Ministry of Education's learning guidelines as outlined in a special document entitled How Does Learning Happen? This document is implemented in different ways in each center and is based on four specific foundational conditions that are very important for children to grow and flourish. And the four foundations uh, that centers work on are belonging, well-being, engagement, and expression. And licensed child care is highly regulated by the ministry with centers receiving unannounced inspections to ensure that standards are being met and that children are receiving high-quality care. Fines can be imposed if regulations are not being followed or issues aren't corrected. And the regulations of the Child Care and Early Years Act are only minimum standards. So at Chelsea Green, we try to exceed guidelines and exceed the regulations in as many areas as possible. Um, Also, the public can look online on the Ministry of Education's Child Care website to view these inspection reports. And if there are any infractions noted in the inspection report, we encourage parents to discuss with the child care operator the circumstances surrounding those infractions and any steps that the operator has taken to correct the issues. How many people would you have uh, involved with the child care at uh, Chelsea Green? And and what sort of training do they have? At Chelsea Green, we have uh, 31 employees total, which includes our administrative staff, as well as early childhood educators and our cooks and custodians. Uh, The level of training that we would expect for uh, the actual caregivers, the educators in the classrooms, parents should look for... um, an educator that has their early childhood education diploma or degree. And all ECEs working in Ontario must be registered with the College of Early Childhood Educators. And the College of Early Childhood Educators regulates and governs ECEs in Ontario. And it's a regulatory body that um, governs members' conduct. There's also a complaint and discipline process. So it's a, an organization that protects the public and children in childcare. 
Is there a ratio of care uh, number that providers um, have to adhere to for regulated uh, centers, and what's a reasonable number? Um, Yes, there are definitely ratios set out under the regulations, and as everything, the regulations are minimum. So in a child care center, infants who are classified as being younger than 18 months, they must have one caregiver for every three children, and the maximum group can be 10, so one classroom could have 10 children maximum. So in this classroom of 10, there would be three caregivers present at all times. At least one of those caregivers must be a registered early childhood educator. At Chelsea Green, all three of the educators are early childhood educators. Uh, In the toddler classrooms, which are children 18 months to 30 months, they must have one caregiver for every five children, with 15 children being the maximum in the group. So a group of 15 children would have three caregivers. And one of these three caregivers must be a registered early childhood educator. At Chelsea Green, all three of the educators are early childhood educators. And preschoolers would be children uh, 30 months but younger than six years old. There must be one caregiver for every eight children with a maximum of 24 children in the group. So three caregivers in a group of 24 children. And there must be two ECEs in that grouping. Uh, At Chelsea Green, we have three educators that all have their ECE. What should parents be asking about health and safety, Tamara? Um, Well, at the time of a tour... Uh, when parents are choosing a child care center, when they're visiting different centers, or when they're calling to ask questions, um, parents should be provided with a parent handbook that specifies a lot of the details and policies in the center. Uh, the policies would discuss everything from nutrition and menu samples to emergency evacuations, illness and medication administration, things like field trips, first aid, uh, what a child needs to bring each day, the registration policies or procedures that they need to go through to register, payment policies, how a parent would make a complaint if they're not happy with the services, um, our center philosophy, the mission on how we care for children and our goals when we're working with families, all those would be clearly stated. How important is it to know what foods and snacks uh, are being provided in the center? Um, I would believe as a parent, it's very important to know what your child is eating every day. And especially uh, if your child has allergies or food restrictions or you follow a certain diet at home. So nutrition guidelines for child care are set out by the Child Care and Earliers Act. And we must follow Canadian Food Guide as well as recommendations from the Ontario Dietitians, uh, the Public Health and Health Canada. Menus and any changes must be posted daily for parents to see. Parents um, with children with special food allergies or accommodations, any of that information would be explained to the child care center at the time of registration. And most times we can accommodate special food as children have more food allergies these days, um, something we take very seriously. Tamara, we're um, just about out of time, but uh, let's just address the, the idea of cost and the kinds of contracts and payment schedules that uh, people might expect? So every child care operator would set their own rates. So this is something that a parent should really look into and ask questions about when they're looking at centers. Rates can depend on the age of the child, the hours of care that are required, whether it's part-time or full-time, whether the center offers any extra activities. Uh, generally, infant care would be the most expensive, with fees becoming lower as children move on to toddler and preschool age groups. Some centers' fees are calculated per day and others charge a set monthly fee. Each center has their own policies. Um, fees are usually charged in advance of care, so a parent would pay upfront at the beginning of the month. 
and subsidy is available to families that qualify through City of London Child Care Services in Middlesex County. They oversee child care fee subsidy in London and Middlesex. So families should check with specific city or county uh, for information on their circumstances. And we always recommend that families do apply for subsidy, and a sub- subsidy should be applied for as soon as possible, um, just because there may be a waiting period um, to see whether they qualify or not. Tamara, you've really brought us a lot of information here. And uh, if people want to learn more, they can contact you at uh, Chelsea Green or, or look you up on the website. Uh, thank you very much for being a guest with us today on Ask BBB. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Our guest has been Tamara Blaney, who is the executive director of Chelsea Green Children's Center here in London, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. And you'll find Chelsea Green in the BBB directory. When we return, how do you know when you need a hearing aid? Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Well, as we age, our hearing changes. We don't hear all of the sounds we did when we were younger. But for most people, that change is gradual. This morning... We'll learn some of the signs that we should have our hearing checked. We welcome David Finsgrave, co-owner of Elgin Audiology Hearing and Balance Clinic. Good morning, and welcome to Ask BBB. Thanks for having me this morning. Is hearing loss always obvious? Do I need to be referred by a general physician to access treatment for a hearing disorder? Well, actually, hearing loss is, is not always very obvious. Uh, hearing loss has a tendency to go down fairly gradually over time. So sometimes the hearing loss is more obvious to someone else and not always to the person themselves. In fact, it is often family or close friends that notice that hearing loss is a problem with the individual even before the individual does. Uh, and some of the reason for that is is because if you you've missed things or you don't know that you didn't hear them, then really you don't think you have a problem because you don't know what you've missed. Um, So the frustration of a hearing loss is sometimes more noticeable with the person that's communicating with the individual with the hearing loss. As far as uh, referring to an audiologist, you can self-refer just like you would call an optometrist or or a dentist. How often then should we have our hearing checked? And is there kind of an age guide for that, uh, David? Yeah, see an, uh, an audiologist anytime you suspect you or someone else you know has a, a change in hearing or they're not really hearing things on a very consistent basis anymore. Uh, if you notice yourself, you're asking pardon or you're noticing a change in how easy it was uh, uh, or how easy it is not for you to hear, then that's a, a good time to call. But this uh, can occur at any age and... Uh, First off, with children, uh, they usually get checked at birth in Ontario now by the Infant Hearing Program, but we generally recommend that uh, uh, children see an audiologist before entering school. And then for adults, a hearing test should be part of our routine health care starting at around uh, age 15. Are hearing clinics licensed and regulated? And what is the level of training and education required to become an audiologist? Yeah, audiologists are licensed and regulated by a regulatory college, just like your physician, optometrist, or your dentist is. So hearing clinics, per se, and hearing instrument specialists or dispensers are not regulated in that way. So seeing a registered audiologist gives uh, the individual that protection of a regulated healthcare provider. 
As far as the level of training, audiologists uh, receive training at the university level. So audiologists graduate with either a Doctor of Audiology degree or a Master's of Science degree in audiology, and this is after a four-year bachelor's degree is completed. Um, Audiologists uh, also then complete a mentorship period uh, during their first year of practice in the province of Ontario. Are there any... um surgical or medical solutions for hearing loss, or are hearing aids the only solution? Yeah, that depends on the type of hearing loss that you're experiencing. So the first step would be to book an appointment and see an audiologist. The audiologist will then determine what is causing your hearing loss. In general, around 15% of hearing loss can be fixed medically or surgically, and those are things like ear infections or problems with the little bones in the ear or the eardrum itself. And then 85% of hearing loss is usually more permanent in nature. So due to things like noise damage or diseases or, in fact, normal aging. And then hearing aids are usually generally recommended for those. However, sometimes it's as simple as uh, too much earwax. And your mm-hmm. audiologist or physician can easily remove this and things are back to normal. Uh, uh- is there a way to tell that that is the problem or do you you need to visit an audiologist to determine that? Yeah, it's hard to determine because you can't look in your own ear and, <laughs> and others in your family may not be able to see that far down in. So it's good to get, you can great to see an audiologist, have a look down your ear or your family physician will, will do that fairly easily as well. Uh, then how is a hearing aid uh, prescribed? Uh, what's the range of selection and, and how do you pick the proper hearing aid for a person. Um, And is it kind of like glasses? Are there certain points where you're paying more for a frame or for something extras over above what's actually needed to make the correction? Sure. Yeah, there's a, usually we start with a full audiological evaluation. So that assesses all aspects of your ear and your hearing. So the audiologist will look down your eardrum and, uh, We then check your hearing and then check the process all the way to your brain and how the brain processes, let's say, uh, uh, speech in noise. The audiologist will make some measurements of the acoustics of your ear canal and then will sit down with you to go through various listening situations that you're in often, okay? So, for instance, some folks are very active or they're working. Uh, other individuals mainly stay at home and perhaps, uh, you know, watching TV is, is one of the main things that are part of their day. So the audiologist will put all of this together, explain that all to you, and then go through the types of intervention that are recommended. So either we remove that earwax if it's as simple <laughs> as that or send you on to your physician or, in fact, if it looks like it's more of a permanent type of hearing loss, then sit down and discuss any assistive listening devices, or prescribe that hearing aid. And again, similar to uh, prescription of eyeglasses, uh, prescribing hearing aids, in fact, are a licensed act in in Ontario, and we need to go through, determine what type of circuitry you have, how much volume you need, and what are the options. Is it something you need that is very automatic and very little for you to do, or do you want the patient wants to have a little more control over some of those things. But the audiologist will sit down and give you those uh, options so that you can work through and know why you got what you got. You mentioned hearing aids being prescribed. Um, Are hearing aids covered by OHIP or other medical insurance plans? Uh, Hearing aids in the province of Ontario are covered by the ministry's uh, uh, 
program called the Assistive Devices Program, and they will pay up to $1,000 once every three to five years for those devices. And a lot of times, many private or work insurance plans have coverage for hearing aids and audiologist services as well. How long will a hearing aid last? Depends on how long you take care of them. I've seen people walk into my clinic with 15-year-old hearing aids that are still working well. Uh, but generally, uh, depends on how well you take care of them and how often your hearing changes. So there's a little bit of flexibility on modern hearing aids. So if your hearing does change, we can adjust those hearing aids to extend the life. But again, depends on how well you care for them, how well you clean them. But generally, at least uh, anywhere from 4 to 10 years is, is around the, the average life of a hearing aid now. You've provided us with some very useful information. We want to thank you very much for taking time to uh, join us here on Ask BBB once more. Thanks for having me. Our guest has been David Finsgraf, who is co-owner of Elgin Audiology Hearing and Balance Clinics, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. And we'll return in a moment to alert you to the brand ambassador scam. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of BBB, serving Western Ontario. If you are an Instagram user, you need to be aware of a scam that is popping up. Phony companies are luring users to become brand ambassadors. So how do they con people, Linda? The phony company will reach out to users offering perks in exchange for posting product pictures. A company contacts you through your social media account or blog. They want to know if you would be interested in becoming a brand ambassador. It sounds like a great gig. All you need to do is post photos of yourself using their product. In exchange, the company will give you a commission, send free product, and provide exposure for your account. Well, you're right. It really does sound great, especially if it's a product that you want or, or that you need. And we all have cameras as part of our phone, so it seems a really easy way to gain rewards. But there's a catch. According to BBB Scam Tracker, several victims reported first having to buy the items, anything from sunglasses to jewelry to cosmetics. These cost $50 or more and arrived broken. Other times, the scammers charged victims up front for a background check. No matter how the scam works, the outcome was the same. Victims paid up front, but the promise of commission or exposure never materialized. So how do we spot that it's a scam, Linda? Be very cautious of any job that asks you to hand over money. Scammers will often use the guise of running a credit check or setting up direct deposit or, or paying for training. Do a little research. If an offer looks suspicious, search for it on Google. If something is a scam, victims are likely to have posted about it online already. Educate yourself. Learn about job scams. This social media ambassador con uses many of the same techniques as a job scam. You can read more about them at bbb.org backslash employment scam. So once again, this alert illustrates the depth and the network of BBBs right across North America. Yes, BBB Scam Tracker shows scams active across Canada and the U.S. People report scams and help others avoid falling victim to them. Uh, if you visit BBB.org and scroll down, you'll be able to see the full story and how a scammer was tracked down through a BBB report. And you'll find a lot of great information on the BBB website. And right now, 
Speaking of information, we'd like to spotlight some accredited businesses that have reached significant milestones. Businesses earn accreditation by meeting and maintaining Better Business Bureau standards. And right now, we'd like to congratulate Encore Mechanical and Building Service of Windsor on reaching 35 years of accreditation with BBB this month. And marking 25 years in this month of August are Kapoor Windows and Doors in London and J.J. Jackson Pools and Buffer Auto Care, also here in London. Well, Linda, that's just about our time for this edition of Ask BBB. And you can always ask BBB. Visit the website at bbb.org. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. If you are a business owner and are interested in becoming a BBB-accredited business, call us or go online to bbb.org backslash western hyphen Ontario and become part of one of the largest business networks in North America. And of course, anytime that you're looking to do business, you want to go on to the BBB directory and check out that business before you uh, make any kind of commitment. Well, until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.